In that case, welcome back to episode six of How I Spent My Allowance. I'm Seth Alcorn. I'm Riley Bartleboff. I'm Patrick Donahue. I'm Naomi Collard. And we've successfully introduced ourselves. Yes, and that was such a warm opening he gave. That's such, yeah. a, such a warm opening. Shot right through me. Yeah, mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, good. And speaking of shooting right through you, like Spellfire shoots through uh, everything. I'm everything. out. <laughs> I'm out. <clears throat> We're now, this is uh, chapter 12, uh, and we open, mm-hmm. cold open, on Narm. Narm! Narm! Uh, Narm being trained by Jessale and later Illustil. And this is supposed to be a humorous scene. Uh, in which Narm is very frustrated at the fact that he's being trained to memorize spells while distracted. Jessale points out that, well, you can't always count on having a quiet place to memorize your spells. You're going to have to memorize your spells under adverse conditions, which is not a thing that can be done in the game. Mm-mm. No, not at all. If you don't have eight solid hours to sit there and prepare your spells, which, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me just point this out. Let's talk it out. That, let's just talk it out. If you are in mm-hmm. second edition, mm-hmm. a first level mage, mm-hmm. and you know one spell, it is going to take you eight hours to memorize that one spell. Whereas if you are a 20th level mage, and you know, mm, I think, some dozens of spells at that point, it's still going to take you eight hours to memorize all of your spells. This is dumb. So it's really like being an being a higher level mage does not correspond to like your magic getting better it's just you become a much more efficient memorizer oh yeah yeah exactly yeah. Um, they would be excellent actors yes they would yeah. they have to memorize that mm-hmm. um so yeah so basically Jaseel and Illustil alternately yell at Narm and try to get him to memorize stuff and then at the end they get into a conversation and he's ignoring them and one of them interrupts him and he looks up he's like i'm sorry i didn't hear what you said and they're like yes exactly that's what we wanted mm-hmm. this is just to let us know that narm is also being trained mm-hmm. uh because then we're going to cut over to Shandril and elminster and elminster's got some more tests for her and now it's 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 less a test of raw power than a test of finesse he's trying to see you know how great her control over is like well, can you can you do something other than a big beam of spell fire can mm-hmm. you do a little tiny flame can you make a it a gout, fan sha- a gout can you make it a fan shape can you do can you hurl it out of your knee or your head if you want to it doesn't have to be your eyes or hands so um and that was actually i i thought that was actually fairly clever like because usually when we see people hurling fire or beams of things it's hand or eyes and that's it and elminster's like can you throw it out of the back of your head if you need to? Use yeah. your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, be as versatile as possible. Right. And we no- I don't think we ever find out if she's ever able to mm-hmm. hurl it out of the back of her head no. or her knee or whatever, no. which is unfortunate because it would be kind of cool if she could. Yeah, you never see a mage casting with their foot. <laughs> you know? But if we did our flying kick that Ed Greenwood yep. loves yep. so much, yep. and then yep. you could spell fire out of your foot, into the kick, like, I think Ed Greenwood might die. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he would just be like, oh, that's, yes, that is that is it right there. You've won. You've won. You've won. I'd love a mage who casts, like, magic missile by doing, like, the Chun-Li kicking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, hair flips. Mm-hmm. Like, like, just... Glinda. Toss-toss. <laughs> uh, toss-toss. 
that was what was that horrible uh, tangent? Uh, <laughs> what was that horrible? The Inhumans that uh, Marvel tried to launch, and there was the one character whose hair would do, oh Medusa do fighting. Yes, yes ah. that is that is actually comic book accurate. That yeah, is her yeah. power. She has complete control. It's just the sheet of the, her hair of her hair. <laughs> it's like. She, how pissed do you get when you live in the the world with superpowers and that's your superpower? Her nemesis is a barber. <laughs> yeah, but literally just any barber. Any. Any, any barber. Anybody with clippers. Yeah. Okay. Well, to... And maybe a dart gut. I'll give her... <laughs> to contrast, her husband, Black Bolt, uh-huh. is one of the most powerful beings on the planet who cannot, in fact, speak because if he so much as utters a word, it will crack the earth in half. Yeah. Oh. This is why they live on the moon. Yes. Yeah. I And I just kept thinking, wow, how crappy is it for that actor? It's like... <laughs> he just, oh, Listen, I, it worked out real well for Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah. Did it, though? Yeah. Did it? I yeah. Mean, he then became, like, Spider Maul and... Spider Maul. Spider Maul. <laughs> Does whatever your spider wants. Yeah. I would honestly, and I mean, if we're going on this tangent road, like, I'm upset Welcome. that they brought back Darth Maul and not Qui Gon. Like, I really want more Qui Gon material. Yeah, because he's like more on screen Qui Gon. Yeah, like he's he, well, not. He was the Rebel Jedi. He was. He's, like, he's the I'm Rebel do what Jedi. I want. <laughs> um, I'll I, train two Padawans. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> One of them will not be evil. Yeah, <laughs> it will be great. <laughs> Put your choices. No yeah, and it was just really, it was just really <laughs> random too. Because mm-hmm. like the next time we see Darth Maul, he's somehow survived. He's on a garbage planet, yeah. and somebody has literally like welded a droid spider but, body. Yeah. To his the end of his torso. He but is it's like how he's a Maul rider. Yeah. What are what what is the species of alien that Darth Maul is? Oh, he is a Zabrak. He is a he is a Drider Zabrak. He sure is, <laughs> and it's. The hybrid. Yeah. It's real weird. His his I better couldn't ever figure out whether they were they were, they were just spiritual brothers or actual brothers, but <laughs> it, the, his brother Savage Opress. Mm-hmm. 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 No, that good old Savage. Let me run that one by you again. <laughs> Savage Opress <laughs> is sent to find him and does uh. at the behest of the Night Mother. I believe, mm. yes. who's got some plans for them. Which really, let's acknowledge that all of this is being stolen from D&D with the Underdark and the Drider Queen. It, it really is kind of. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's a little little Dark Elf stuff happening mm-hmm. in that whole business. Bring Go watch back. the Clone Wars TV show, kids. It's Bringing great. it back. Clone Wars TV show, and then, and then perhaps watch Rebels on Disney streaming. <laughs> oh, if only we were getting, you know. Yeah, I wish I'd get a sweet piece of that Disney money, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? If we if this if this podcast is at all successful, they might just buy the IP. Ah. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. yeah. And then it will be better versions of us. The better versions of us. The there more, are no better no, versions of us. Thank you. I am the bargain bin version of myself. Thank you very much. Look, all I know is that if they did replace us, it would be with a bunch of kids who went up through the uh, the Disney Clubhouse. Oh, yep. yeah. So it would be the new Mouseketeers or whatnot. Mm. It would be the the equivalents yes. to... Nick like, Jonas, Demi Lovato, and Hilary Duff. Say, I was going to say... Justin Timberlake, oh. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I dated myself. <laughs> I think I did, Riley. I think I did. I date myself nightly. Yes. Oh, I mean, there's no other way. 
Well, then you're the perfect person to be on a podcast talking about D&D novels. I will <laughs> tell you that much. Oh. Yeah, I, I hit a certain demographic. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of D&D novels. Yeah. Allegedly, we're re re Allegedly reading a chapter we're, about we're, one. We are. Uh, and we, we, cut, we cut from the uh, Chandral testing scene to another scene in the banquet hall. But this time it's just the knights. Mm -hmm. It's not everybody. It's just the knights. And we find out that Narm... Is now Norm. an accomplished conjurer. This has a very specific meaning yeah. in Second Edition D and D. This is back when they were still giving names to all the levels. <gasps> he leveled up. He leveled up. So I believe he was an evoker, mm -hmm. which meant I think he's second level, and he leveled up to a conjurer, third level. Let's review mm -hmm. real quickly what Narm has done in order to level up. Yeah, he trained. Mm -hmm. But he trained because his experience, he has a piece of two Dracoliches, an adult male dragon, Manshoon of Zental Keep, the Shadow Sill, assorted demons and devils and cultists, and he leveled up once. Just once. Just once. <laughs> Just once. Which I have to say is a real, real shitty DM thing to do. Yeah. Especially if your adventuring companion is, and I've got Spellfire. I'm Spellfire. I <laughs> I like Oreos. We're just going to keep referencing that bit. Uh, but the, yeah. That's a callback. Yeah, last call episode. Back. Call back the last episode. Uh, but that's, that's how you know we're professionals. That's yeah. We do callbacks. Oh, uh, I call should mention humor. once again, sorry, James isn't here. He's still dealing with a puppy uh, thing. We, we definitely do not record multiple, multiple. episodes in one day. <laughs> we certainly meet once every two weeks yes. to record for one hour. Yeah. yeah, and then stop. That's how yeah. we do this. Yes, mm -hmm. there's That's an the option. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Not there, with our schedules. No, there's a whole thing not. about wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Timey wimey. Yeah. Space yeah. time is complicated, but yeah, that right. Seth is entirely on point. That's exactly how we record. Yeah. This is mm -hmm. a time hoodie. Uh, mm -hmm. It's bigger on the inside. Uh, all right. So yeah. So again, like as I recall, I, I mentioned this in earlier episodes, but if I remember correctly. The Spellfire wielder template only went up to like seventh level. And Chandral has to be, at this point, bare minimum, given what she's accomplished, level 72. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. But I mean, she's, um, she's probably something like a fifth level Spellfire wielder or, or whatever. Um, so again, it's why Narm why we're bothering to mention that Narm went up to third level is I'm not sure why, mm -hmm. but that is, that is the thing that has happened in this book. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once again, there's a bunch of talk about, well, you know, I mean, Chandra's really super powerful. Do we just let her walk around or do we do something about that? And everybody's like, well, I mean, I think we just let her walk around, right? Like there's the only other options seem to be terrible. Yeah. And then the symbol shows up and she's like, you really mean it? Really gonna let her you walk really around? You really gonna let her walk around? And everybody's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're really good. Will you please stop being inanimate objects wherever <laughs> we are? And she's like, no, I won't. But I'm glad that you're gonna let him walk around. Peace. Rude. I just think it's like, so imagine you have walked into your home and you are like making coffee. And you're doing, you're doing your, your alone time. You think you're completely alone. And then the mug looks at you and is like, hey. Hey. How you doing? Yeah. You gonna let her walk around alone? <laughs> we're like, <laughs> What? I just wanted tea. I mean, like, no, yeah. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna let her walk around with Narm. 
Jesus Christ. Which, like, Narm is not a handler. No. Like, Narm has no influence here. No, no. And, and at one point, and I think later on, they point out that Narm is, like, mainly there to memorize spells so that he can cast them at Chandril, so she has some energy to work with. Yeah. Good. Which is... Sounds like a great partnership. It, it would be. Except, if I may, mm-hmm. and I will... Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, the people who wrote the, the original, uh, the first six Dragonlance novels, also wrote a book, uh, well, several books uh, set in the, the Dark Sword universe, okay. wherein their versions of clerics in that world were literally just people who opened an energy conduit and gave it to other people who were able to do better things with their magic. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. And mm. so were they not tied to, like, uh, a divine power? No, they weren't. There was okay. some sort of, like, there was some whole church thing around. But it was sort of, it's, we're mm-hmm. vaguely the Catholic Church, but we don't really have a deity. Mm-hmm. So. It's like we're tapping into the larger energy schema. Yeah, I just doodad. really want to play as a class that does nothing but help everyone else and, like, doesn't actually. Solid support. Yeah. Yeah. You can build a cleric. I mean, in 5e, you can you have the option. No, no, no. In a lot like, I, my entire existence is to just be a conduit for other people. I don't even get to, like, buff. Yeah, it, it just, it just, I remember reading the Dark Sword Adventures books where they, like, you know, codify, like, here are the rules mm-hmm. you do. And I'm like, so this is always going to be an NPC, right? Who wants to play this character? No one. <laughs> it's that you and me, but mostly me mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, can you imagine that? Charge me up, wall socket. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have all day. There's some all enemies right coming. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for you. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like it's essentially that's it's you have a mandatory class that is the the smithers to your burns at <laughs> all times. Excellent. Yes. But that's the oh. Dark Sword Adventures, not Spellfire. Here's where Shandrel <laughs> continues her pattern of asking really impertinent personal questions mm-hmm. where she basically is like wow Rathen drinks a whole lot why does he do that and then we get what to even my 13 12 to 13 year old eyes was a very very bad answer yeah which is well Rathen's a cleric of Timora, who's the goddess of luck and if you're a cleric of the goddess of luck you have to take risks but as we're people we have things and people that we care about so when we take risks we get worried that bad things are going to happen to those people so Rathen drinks a lot but he doesn't want to become falling down drunk so he also eats a lot which as you see makes him kind of fat but that way he can drink a lot and not be falling down drunk and I'm like what? That is a horrible explanation. Yeah. <laughs> that, so, that sounds like he has some unresolved issues. Yeah. So the real risk is heart disease. The real risk is heart disease. On top of like your your casual uh, alcoholic issues that yeah. are compounded on top of that as well. Yeah. Um, I think we are missing an important class here, which is the therapist. The class. therapist class? Yeah, well, just like... I think we talked about this in some of our earlier episodes of like well-adjusted people do not become adventurers. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They're they're yeah. you know, well-adjusted clerics do not take Timora and go on a binge eating and drinking. Well, like I mean, what are other? I mean, we have. I I don't. Know, my first thought was Loki, but I guess Loki is not associated explicitly with luck. Like, what are other like archetypal luck? focused see the thing is uh there really aren't yeah uh you had taiki 
mm-hmm. who was the Greek goddess of fortune, who was actually the Forgotten Realms goddess of fortune. Oh. Before she got split up into Timora, who's the goddess of good luck, mm-hmm. and Beshaba, who's the goddess of bad luck. And Beshaba's the one whose name we shouldn't say. Uh, Beshaba! Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, if man. you're driving, you're just be extra careful for a while. Yeah, we 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 uh we probably. I'm sorry. We probably shouldn't say Bashaba's name because <laughs> it's bad. You keep saying it. I'm sorry. It's like Beetlejuice. What? what? Beetlejuice. Oh no. Okay. Beetle right. guys. Uh, there we go. And nothing has happened, so we're all very very disappointed. What? Disappointed. I don't know what. What is? I don't know. I was just also me. another very good uh, <laughs> yeah. cartoon that of oh the, of the Beetlejuice cartoon. The Beetlejuice yes, yeah. cartoon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I still love that. I watched Beetlejuice for the first time very recently. Oh, good. Yeah. What, what did, did you think? Um, I I did not think his um. I liked a lot about the movie. I thought that his uh, non-consensual, overtly like gropiness did not age well, and that kind of squicked me out a little bit yeah but the scene where they dance around the table is delightful i love Catherine o'hara in that movie and still to this day there are times when i will just quote if you do not let me gut this house and make it my own i will kill you (laughs) and then so good (laughs) just and he's like love you baby (laughs) to your point about like gods of luck luck is very much a fickle thing and isn't really mm-hmm. like something a lot of faiths focus on mm-hmm. uh the egyptians have the god shay who is more so the god of fate and destiny mm-hmm. which is i think a more i maybe holistic isn't the right word but like a more a more accurate representation of luck is that you are maybe perhaps instead fated to uh to resolve things favorably or yeah. there is ganesh the hindu god mm-hmm. whose primary existence as an elephant Mm-hmm. is the remover of obstacles, which mm-hmm. I think is a really interesting interpretation of what luck yeah. can be. I would and neither of whom have nearly as outlandish requirements as, uh, what was it, Timora? Timora. Yeah. Yeah. apparently like, all right, get in there. Go you on. Gotta yeah. take some chances. Well, as Deadpool, the movie, taught us, luck is not a superpower. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Yeah. I also, I think something brought up there, and I don't know how relevant it is to this book, but it's uh, but, like, I think, honestly, I think luck and fate are diametrically opposed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, because would, if you have fate, if some everything is predetermined, there is no... In the sort of chaotic. the way that fate is sort of there, like, I am the left brain, I am <laughs> the left brain. And, <laughs> and then <laughs> luck is like, like, I like Oreos and, and pussy. pussy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. We're just going to do that all the time now. <laughs> every, every possible time we can. That is going to be our t-shirt, even though it's not our joke. It's, it's no, not our joke. We are stealing it. Yeah. We're stealing it from TikTok, who stole it from Bo from Burnham. Burnham. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is actually an FCC gray area that I don't know about, but do we have to bleep out pussy? No, uh, no, we're not going to. We're going to be an adults-only podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, it'll just be yeah. an E for these, explicit. These books are... may have been written for 13-year-old <laughs> white boys, but... Uh, <laughs> but this podcast... White straight boys, but uh, yes. This podcast is not... But this podcast is for everybody. everybody. <laughs> Except for children. Except I mean, for children. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. When I was 13, like, I'd still be, you know, just as vulgar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, oh, or I, more so. I mean, so I am a bad influence from a bad background. I was a perfect little innocent child. <laughs> you don't even believe that. Much, <laughs> much like Chandril, who is, <laughs> what, getting tortured right now? All right. No, no, no. 
Chandril is is still asking impertinent <laughs> questions. Oh, hmm. and, and then they they. I love it when people try to bring it back to the they, book. They, no, they, tangents no. only. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, but Patrick, if it were tangents only, I wouldn't be here. Oh, <laughs> oh because he's I'm not tan. I'm not tan. I'm not a tan. Uh, and two of us yeah. are not gents. Yes. It, it would be just me. It would be just me. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is a podcast I would listen to. Aw. And yeah. you should and can on the Clink Tank, basically. Yeah, it's not Clink. just me. And there are some other schlubs there, but they're good, too. Yeah. yeah. Good people. Good. Yeah. yeah. And how many episodes do you have of that? 25? 25. Wow. Yeah, there's 25 episodes. No. no. I lied. We're 30. Oh. Yeah. 30. Oh, dang. Check us out. We're on a bit of a hiatus for the summer. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you could, yeah, look up the Clink Tank. It's <laughs> hours of listening <laughs> pleasure. People talking about you know, <laughs> random shit. Yeah. Good. And not, very, not at all like this podcast. Very different from this one. <laughs> but no politics. No politics. No politics. Ooh. That is, that is our only hard, fast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And occasionally gets broken. Occasionally. I'm just dying because I was really impressed with that segue to get us back on track and then. <laughs> And then, it, no, it didn't, huh. it didn't work. Intensely derailed. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were doing, and I'd have none of it. No. But mm-hmm. if you remember in uh, the last episode, I said that there were things that were going to recur. Oh, yeah. So after they're finished talking about Rathen and him getting drunk, <laughs> they sort of talk about this whole general attitude amongst the knights about that they work hard and they play hard. Yeah. Well, here's here's a quote. Mm-hmm. Uh no doubt, Jessel said to them, they drink and love and laugh and eat as if they may be dead tomorrow, for death hangs over them. What? Asked Narm, <laughs> taken aback. Zentil keeps threaten us, threatens us daily. Hillsfar has a new ruler, Devil's Walk and Mithranor, and Daggerdale on the other. Uh, there we go. Once there again, we go. two chapters later, it's the laundry list of here are the things we have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Here are the things that are going to kill you. Welcome to Australia. You're right, exactly. But they are not, Im- I mean, I guess they're, they are imminent, but like... We have had so, what is it, like almost 60 pages? Of nothing of trying to like kill anyone. Nothing I, uh, actively hang on, trying hang to on, kill. hang on. I just want to point out that the Hammer of Bane did, did lead that yeah, 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 unsuccessful yeah. sortie where he got uh, uh, smashed by Rathen and Torm and Sherinter. Yeah, we did have Ironically. that squabble. Yeah, we did have At that. At party. And we c- flash forward, <laughs> we're we about to have another one. <laughs> Um, so then they, they break off that line of thinking and they go dancing and then why not? we cut to the next scene where Shandril is walking and she hears a sound like something, somebody getting hit and falling and she turns and sees that Narm has been hit and has fallen Narm. and there's our old friend Kulthar, Kulthar! Ah! who is charging at her with a mace and they face each other down for a second. She's about to blast him and he throws a mace and clips her in the side of the head. Ooh. Yeah. And then, um. Rolled, remember rolled? Yeah. Oh, rolled. Honestly, rolled no. gold. Rolled gold. N- Nera's uncle oh. smashes Kulthar in the side of the head oh. and then calls for help, and people come and uh, heal Narm and Chandril, and they're okay. Good. Of course. And, but, <laughs> but before that happens, we cut back to Zentil Keep. Mm-hmm. We meet a guy named Ilthond, who I believe we have not met before, and Ilthond is like, you know what I'm going to go do? What? I'm going to go get me some spell fire. Ah, yeah. So he teleports into the Tower of Ashaba in Shadowdale, mm-hmm. and then we cut back to Norman Shandrel getting healed, and Mordgrim asking the best question in the book, why would just one guard attack her? 
Whose plan was that? Even the high imperceptor of Bane <laughs> sent, like, here's one main guy and a bunch of flunkies. Yeah. Meanwhile, Malak of the cult is like, one. I'm sure one guy can handle it. I sent one. <laughs> Meanwhile, I got to turn myself into a ladder with eyeballs. Well, you see, it's, it's Stormtrooper Academy. If you send more mooks at the main character, then collectively they will all, like, share the skills of one person. Right, that's true. And uh, instead we have Kulthar, who has the skills of... <clears throat> Of one person, but not quite enough to prevent him from getting smashed in the side of the head by another guard. Yeah, like half a person. Yeah. Skills of half a person. Man, yeah. the, the inn is just having a real bad personnel turnover now. It's just, everybody's just, just yeah, terrible. <laughs> Wait, no, that's Kulthar, not Corvan. Right. Yeah. right. Corvan's yeah. still kicking. This is, sure. yeah, Kulthar's a guard at the, oh, that's right, with Rosaron getting coshed and mm-hmm. uh, taken yeah. over by Malark. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh boy! What what a what a day! <laughs> what a day! What an indeterminable amount of time! So now they they get healed. We cut back to old Ilfond, who turns himself invisible and casts a fly spell and starts floating down the corridors looking for Shandrel. Yep, as you do. And then they're like, "Hey, Shandrel, you got knocked on the head. We want to make sure you can still use that spell fire because." I mean, if everybody's after you because they think you have Spellfire and you don't even have the Spellfire to defend yourself and people come after you trying to take the Spellfire, where are you going to be? And she's like, what do you want me to do? And they're just like, I don't know, blast a bunch of flame randomly down that hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it's something you do. Yeah, Yeah. as you do. Where she catches Ilfond. This is Mm. where you shout fire in the hole. This is why OSHA regulations exist. So that way, you know, (laughs) you you warn people that you are about to shoot fire down the hallway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, because it used to be fire down the hall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which over time just morphed into fire hole. in the hole. It was yeah. also just more interesting to just blow things up in holes. Oh, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, so she blasts Ilthon, and Ilthon gets angry, and he's like, well, I'm going to cast me some spells, too. And he uses yeah. a wand of lightning bolts. Beep. Not on Shandrel. Nope. Nope. Not even though she's the most extreme danger. Yeah. Uh, on a couple of other people. And uh, Shandrel says, I hate that you're always doing this, and really tries to burn him to death and doesn't quite succeed. Mm-hmm. Suck it, Spellfire. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a lot of people died a lot more easily earlier in the book. Yeah, like, like a, it's ha- getting like harder a to kill people. and half a like, mountain. Like almost two. Yeah, like almost two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and her whole first adventuring party. Oh, yeah. They got, ooh. They were dead, dead. Ooh, yeah. Very they, easy. They got killed. They were Richard. Real mm-hmm. easy. <laughs> and, and your boy who cast a magic missile with seven missiles. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, that was uh, the Shatter Cell. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. So now, quick question, and this, mm-hmm. is, this is a return to what we did after Manchun. Is Ilthond necessary? For that matter, is Kulthar. Do we really need, in quick succession, two singletons trying and failing to attack Chandril and Narm at this point in the book? Or is this just something Ed Greenwood put in because even he went, well, it's been a bunch of training and parties. I would, I will say, like, this does begin to feel a little bit like a, like the kind of encounters you would find in a session. Yeah. Um, like storytelling wise, which right. I would say, like, probably isn't the most conducive to the kind like of like, a novel yeah, the kind of like yeah. monster of the week sessions yeah or just like i mean it's like ah we've been having a lot of like socially based sessions like i'm gonna we haven't used our spell slots in a while too like, many r&rs yeah. yeah here's a behold yeah 
Yeah. Uh, but but it's it's just like you know, like rereading this. He spends the time in the pages to mm-hmm. introduce us to these people and who show up in one more scene to get taken out of the book. Yeah. yeah. Your existence is to die right. in a otherwise overpowered and terrible way. Right. It's very formulaic. It's very yeah. that's why, you know, referring back to what I said in the previous episode, I just felt like I was reading the same yeah. scene over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like some sort of party, some sort of social gathering. Yeah. Fight breaks out. Mm-hmm. Here comes random dude to get killed and not be heard from again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trained. Yeah. Here's and trained. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. It must be Tuesday. The Brotherhood of Shadows are here again. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I think what we're lacking a little bit is like they're not, they're developed enough that we like literally know their names and we know where, like who's sending them to go attack uh, Shandrel. But, like, there is not a lot of meat or there's, like, literally no depth of, like, yeah. why do you want Spellfire? There's no stakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We are it, just it blasting people out of the water. It becomes a thing to kind of quote almost what you said in Buffy the Vampire. Ah, Shandrel's in trouble. Must be a Tuesday. Yeah. So it's it's just something that I that I find actually just becomes a little bit annoying. It's like I'm now having to keep track of people. Like if I were if we're, I were writing index cards mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. characters, and then I would I had taken the time and trouble to write down an index card, and now I'm just well, I'll just rip this up and throw it away. I don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out, so poor use of resource economy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, I do say we do get a little bit of an epilogue with Ilthond, who is grimly trying to claw his way to a chest where healing potions are before he dies. Good. No. I'm glad we got that insight. And that's the last we see of him. Yeah. He's gone. Because he's dead. Yeah, he's dead, probably. It's to show he's just a little bit more competent. So the enemies are getting a little harder. Just a little. Yeah. 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 And then we cut back to Elminster, who is grousing at people because every time he leaves, someone else comes in to try to steal fel- Spellfire. And I think the solution then, Elminster, is that you don't leave. Yeah, just, well, like, we were debating on whether we let Shandrel just go. Like, what if Shandrel and Elminster just hang out? Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Then we have a scene with the guards who are talking a little bit about Kalthar, and Rold happens to, on no evidence, say, yeah, I think somebody got to him before he joined the guards, and it's like, okay. Mm. Um, I mean, <laughs> well well done there, Rold. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, what's going on? Um, Out of character knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we... Uh, he, he alludes to something happening on Harper's Hill, and then we cut to Harper's Hill with Rathen complaining about a plan where Torm and Illistil, who are wearing the forms of Narm and Chandral respectively, are being very visible mm-hmm. and hanging out on Harper's Hill in an attempt to decoy future attackers to come get them. Mm-hmm. Now... Uh, the this is where by the way the weird part starts and i forgot we we skipped over the other scene with with nara mm-hmm. but in that other scene with nara the second scene where nara is only mentioned mm-hmm. she is mentioned in the context of being torm's betrothed and he's very confused and taken aback by this he is not aware that they're engaged but yet but yet rathen in this short scene on harper's hill says ye have weird enthusiasms you can't even enjoy thy lady when she must wear the form of Shandrel every instant. Implying that Illistil is, is Torm's longtime mm-hmm. squeeze. And we never mention Nera again. She disappears like Chuck Cunningham. Mm. 
that, by the way, for those of you following along at home, That's is a, a reference to... Happy Day. It's a Happy Days reference to Richie Cunningham's older brother who once walked up the stairs in one season and never came down again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, see Seven on Married with Children, who at the end of one season was part of the family mm-hmm. and after that was only once referred to when you saw his face on a milk <laughs> <laughs> even better yeah yeah that is a uh it's an interesting it's a uh, very weird throwaway well because we don't get a lot of like relationship development in this book and so like when a little bit of like info is dropped it's like oh Oh, interesting. Cool. I can maybe latch onto that, and then it's like, oh, wait, but contradicting no, it, information. Completely contradicting. And it, we we don't get a lot of relationship involvement. What we get is zero to sixty in six in six yes. seconds. It's like, yes, Narm and Shandrel have met and have done it, and they are now engaged. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, Loreen has been uh, a bar a barmaid mm-hmm. at the the Rising Moon for I don't know how long, but now she's making out with Gorstag, and they're gonna do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Stag, who is the dad figure. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. 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 So now oh. Elminster decides to take my advice and not leave Narman Shadrill, by which he means he's going to move him into his tower. Mm-hmm. And his butler slash friend with the unpronounceable name of Laheo. Laheo. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> It's spelled L-H-A-E-O. For those of you listening at home, um, I have a degree in Irish studies, and I took Gaelic. Brag. No, not really. (laughs) No, no, no. Not really. (laughs) Let him have this moment. I I took Gaelic for a semester, and uh, that name is unpronounceable even in Gaelic, uh, which is saying something because the people who transliterated Gaelic into English really were not happy with people who spoke English as a native language and wanted to make it hard for them. So, yes. I can't imagine why yeah, we, we would have why. wanted that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I, I don't know. That character's name is is uh, awfully hard to pronounce, but that is, not, that is not the worst thing about this character. Let us quote from page 253. Narm, Shandrel, I make known to thee Leo, my scribe and cartographer. Outside these walls, he is counted as a lisping man lover from Baldur's Gate. All right, again, Ed Greenwood. Again, again, but slower. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you mean slower in the sexy sense? No, <laughs> no, okay. not slower. Right. I just don't think I. Narm Shandrel, I make known to thee, Laheo, my scribe and cartographer. Outside these walls, he is counted a lisping man lover from Baldur's Gate. All right, Ed Greenwood. Okay, Ed, uh, I know it's 1986, and I know that in 1986, we, and I certainly include myself in this, had different ideas as to what it was okay to say and not say about people. Mm-hmm. But we find out that Leheo's story is that he is the last prince of another country, uh, last in the royal bloodline. Mm-hmm. But apparently, they either decide to overlook him or count him not a threat because of his clever disguise as Jack Tripper. Come and knock on our door. Uh, that's, a, that's a Three's <laughs> Company reference for those of you. Uh, again, Following along at home. home. Uh, but 
I feel like Seth. That's why I'm here, so, okay. I, can <laughs> so, your, so I can get your reference. Let in. me let me lob the stuff from the early eighties at you. That's fine. Uh, but so apparently, because he's a playing a really broad gay stereotype, mm. we can safely ignore him. Also, just the phrase. We just, all just made a face. Yeah, yeah, that's the the, the... the phrase, lisping man lover. So did anybody else read that? He's just like, hello? Hello? Sandral, yeah. you look lovely. Yeah. Oh, my God, Narm. Sandral and Narm, I need you to sit on down. Okay. <laughs> You guys look famished. Let me get you something to eat. Oh, I am upset <laughs> Patrick, in almost, my heart. That was also, that was like, that last one was leaning a little bit toward Tyson. Then, well, no, why did you come over here? <laughs> I mean, very thin tightrope. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like, you gotta, it's, boxing's intimate. Uh, yeah, all sure, right. Sure. Oh, we're going to upset some, I'm upsetting yes. people. Yeah. I don't think anybody who listen, would listen to this podcast would <laughs> Okay. But uh, no, no, this was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah everyone's like, okay. upset. Let it let the jokes land, uh, but this was Yeah, there's yeah. Yeah. There, there's absolutely there's there is so no reason for it even to be mentioned. No. Except that it was a part of probably the campaign and I'm sure they all sat around having a good old laugh about Thought, that. Yep. Right, right. Except their one friend who just sat there and was like, ha, ha, Single tear rolling down. Single tear rolling down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like that. It, there is nothing in this book. Like, it's not going to play well regardless mm -hmm. now. But there's nothing in this book to even justify it. It's like, oh, yeah, he's the, he's the last prince in hiding. He's my scribe and cartographer. Actually, he's the last prince of so-and-so. Yeah, because you're not going to think that a prince is going to be a scribe and cartographer. I believe that's cover enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it was just really like I had forgotten about that part of it. Mm -hmm. And I read that again, and I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, so, but it, and it was also... <laughs> When this book came out, you know, it was a culture of, you know, machismo and yeah, yeah. toxic. Well, yeah, toxic masculinity. Well, no, yeah. and to point out that, in, in fairness, as I included myself, like this was the, the heyday, like, of In Living Color was just starting to come out with David Allen Greer and Damon Wayans doing their movie reviews. Mm. And I laughed at those sketches when I was younger because I'm like, isn't this funny? And it's like, well, it's not really, but okay. So, but, <laughs> but like context like this is really this is really worse. important. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can at least not that I'm going to justify. Yeah. what David Allen Greer and, and what they did, but even with that, those, this was just for absolutely no reason. Yeah, mm -hmm. calling some, you know, it's it literally sitting around a table of guys just going calling each other cocksucker yeah you know yeah. or or you know dropping it calling each other at <laughs> yeah it, it's incredibly <laughs> yeah. it's an incredibly out of left field mm -hmm. unjustified narratively like just 
like, and even queer if he, coding of a character in the worst kind of and offensive way. Even yeah. if he yeah. hadn't used that phrase, it was like, oh, and he pretends to be gay, but he's not. And that's just really weird. Yeah. yeah. It's a really yeah. weird thing to drop into conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, unless he's, he's concerned uh, that they're going to go walk around Shadowdale and people are going to say, oh, yeah, Leo, that slur. And, pe- and they're going to yeah. go, what are you talking about? He's perfectly straight. And it's just, what's, what a weird... Yeah. 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 Again, yeah. it's one of those like I think that we live right now in a time that ha like there are a lot of fantasy novels that have a lot of great representation or that ride on like these intense like relationships that people have to one another, whether they and be the romantic. Intense relationships occasionally ride on. But anyway, that's yeah. something to be discussed at another time. Yeah. <laughs> but like the um like it, whether they be political or like romantic relationships, like Game of Thrones is one example, but plenty of other, um, like that seems to be the way that a lot of the genre is shifting. And so I think that like I, I don't even want to justify as like well, like if it was if this book was like all about subterfuge and like really intense relationships and like justifying this or that and the other, it's not. <coughs> That's the thing is like we don't hear about. Anyone else's anybody else's yeah sexuality or sexual orientation or anything of the I sort. I mean, it's dropped in like we see, <coughs> except um, for the couple of straights the, that we've encountered. Yeah, yeah I was the say, token or, straights that we have in the story. Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. but again, it's set as default, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's like we we have to tell you yeah. that Leo is pretending to not be straight because he never would actually right yeah. be that was a man true. lover. Yeah, and like this is something that I'll probably get labeled as an SJW for saying, but like, this is why representation is important. And so Mm -hmm. that way writers don't make this offensive caricature of like a person would never actually be gay. It's only a disguise for something. And like, like Riley was just saying, it's, it's also just like not a single real human being is even remotely like that. Right. (coughs) No one, no one went ahead and said, Hey, if you are grounding this in reality of what an actual person would be like and what an actual person would behave like, and if you would ground this character as like being believable at all, even in a D and D campaign, like this is not the way to go, and no other character in the story is characterized mm-hmm. remotely like that. Even the mo- mooks that we have been killing, like left, right, mm-hmm. and center, like all yeah. like have a modicum of seriousness about yeah, them. Yeah, and, e- and even <coughs> unlike a lot of media from the 80s and 90s, even the villains are not queer-coded. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean the Shadow Sill straight up makes out with um, Elminster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and his Manchun's girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's just something that we needed to discuss, and we will now be moving on <laughs> With rage in our hearts. With rage in our hearts. <laughs> and a single tear rolling, rolling down our cheeks. <laughs> and yes, we, we, we have some more scenes inside the tower where Leo and Elminster talk about Chandril, and then where Leo and Chandril talk about cooking, and <laughs> Narm and Elminster talks about, they talk about magic and teaching, and... Um, Elminster teaches Narm how to cast a, a flaming sphere spell, which is a second level spell, uh, which is not, it's not a very impressive spell, but Narm can certainly cast it. And then there's this weird thing where Elminster says, all right, I'm going to leave you alone. 
and then polymorphs into the form of a small child and comes back to to watch an arm and it's not at all creepy when he does that no. yeah it's just a little it's it's a little weird and yeah that in fact brings us to the end of that chapter and again for those of you keeping track of page counts which is only interesting to do in light of the first nine chapters, chapters. uh this was uh, it's, it's, uh, and it's 226 so that was 35 pages 35 pages and there was not a single dragolich no there was not a single dragolich <laughs> and the sole action scenes took place in about three pages toward like the last third or so yeah. of the chapter <laughs> All right. so moving on to chapter 13 Mm-hmm. Which is another lengthy chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the title of this chapter? Again? This is To Walk Unseen, which you think would have been more appropriate in the last chapter where we had yeah. an invisible guy. Where we had people walking I, unseen. <laughs> I cast past without trace. <laughs> you now have plus 10 to your stealth checks, which is ridiculous <laughs> for a number of characters in our current campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Reliable talent, what? Uh, yes. So now at this point, okay, so we, we actually do get some time. Uh, it's, uh, Shandrel on this first page of To Walk Unseen says, it seems long ago that I left Deepingdale, yet it is a matter of 10 days, not months. So she's saying essentially weeks, not months. So given the speed which with everything happens when she does leave Deepingdale, mm-hmm. we can assume that she spent maybe 5 to 10 days with the whole leaving with the company of the Bright Spear and then the whole getting trapped in Mithranor, Dracoliches, mm-hmm. that's about five to ten days. So she's probably spent another 20 to 30 days mm-hmm. in Shadowdale. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that's... Doing your generic training montage. You're doing the generic training montage. Yeah, uh, it's been a hundred... No one's gonna ever keep, keep you down. down. <laughs> That's pages. the Karate Kid, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred pages, yeah, of training montage. Yeah, it's a hundred pages of, of training. Uh, that's that's now banquets. Half the book read thus far. Yeah, is oh, yeah. is is uh, training and banquets and the occasional attack by like third tier villains. Mm-hmm. It, no, it, it really is like if you want to look at it this way, like there's a Spider-Man book, and in the first hundred and twenty pages, he fights like Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. And the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And then he's attacked by Walrus Man. Ah, yes. Who is an actual Spider-Man villain. The famous, famous or Walrus Or the Man. other, unfortunately named, the Shocker. Huh. <laughs> or huh. or perhaps uh, the Trapster, who's also known as Paste Pot Pete. Um <laughs> So yeah, so it's it, it's it's something like that. Like we have Drag- we have Dragoliches and Manchun, and then we're down to some some agents of the Temple of Bane and a cultist and a mage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pace Pot Pete. Pace Pot Pete. <laughs> I mean, it's you know we're just making do with what we have, so that way we can build into something more interesting. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But, but let's see what happens. I'm going to send these people to go putz around, and uh, I'm going to use this time to go find the person who actually is competent and shove them into the next chapters. Right. Oh, my. <laughs> my goodness, we've been talking for nearly an hour, and we're just now to the second chapter of two. Yes. We did spend a good 20 minutes talking about representation, though, and I think that's probably valuable. Oh, it was, yeah. It's yeah. very important. Right. 
Elminster basically comes down and says, okay, you guys can never settle down. You're going to have to spend your entire lives on the run because everybody's mm-hmm. going to be after you all the time. And he gives another laundry list, a slightly different laundry list. He mentions Mullmaster and Thay, and nobody's really mentioned them before. Mm-hmm. But the Zentarim showed up, and, he, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, and these people are going to attack you if you stay in the same place. Now, they'll also attack you if you keep moving, mm-hmm. but ideally it will be harder for them to find you, and mm-hmm. you won't, like, bring that risk to other people. And then we have another mention of the Harpers. I, sh- I forgot to mention that uh, Storm Silverhand sort of stood up in the middle of that weird pre-banquet scene where Narm was getting praised for going from second to third level and said, by the way, um, we're the Harpers and we're interested in them, and then sat back down. Uh, the Harpers, whom we may discuss in more detail because they have like a 15-book series that's oh. mostly one-offs, but they have a 15-book mm-hmm. series. I really like the idea of the Harpers because the Harpers were a non non-politically affiliated good guy secret organization Mm. like they weren't attached to a particular country they weren't attached to a particular ruler Mm -hmm. they were essentially just a bunch of like anti-cult of the dragon anti-zentrum people that walked around trying to thwart Mm -hmm. thwart wiles where they saw them which was an interesting idea for me but that's that's what um that's what the harpers are and in fact spoilers shandrill's Later two books will be included in the Harper's series. Oh. Yes, because she and Narm, again, a little bit of a spoiler, decide on the basis of one conversation with Storm Silverhand that they're going to become Harper's. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And Storm Silverhand is one of the seven sisters? She is one of the seven okay. sisters. She is she is the bard. Oh. That oh. we met way back when. Super yeah. convincing. Yeah, her and Sharon Tear were back in the in, in Oh, the yeah. in in the first episode. Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. You know, episode or chapter, as a we chap- sometimes refer to yeah. them in well, the I first was gonna say, I don't know why I like this, but when you see the devices of a silver moon and a silver heart, Storm Silverhand. As the high lady of Silver Moon, Storm can tell you others where it is not my place to do so. <laughs> Oh, here's also a weird thing for me. Many bards, rangers, and half-elven mages are harpers. Yeah. Without getting into the racial politics of D&D as a whole, which, as we all know, are very uh. messy. Very, very <laughs> messy. I think if, we should have a whole episode on that, Well, though. when, when we do when we do the Drizzt to Erden series, we could talk uh. about why the elves who live underground have black skin and are evil. Uh-huh. That literally doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. They should be fish belly pale. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> white people, they suck. White people, but <laughs> it's like it's weirdly like. Okay, so let me read that again. Many bards, rangers. Okay, many bards and rangers. Mm-hmm. Just bards and rangers and half elven mages, specifically not human mages, Mm-mm, not, not elf. elven mages, just half elven mages. Bards and rangers can be any race they want. It's like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's just we got a bunch of bards, rangers, mages. You know, we got some clerics. Also, we got a couple of fighters, some druids. I don't know what we got. We got, yeah. we got everybody. Yeah. I don't know why I'm we, doing that dialogue. We, <laughs> we got a big pile of people. Yeah. But yeah, if they only have bards, rangers, and some mages, like they're going to get the snot kicked out of them. You need a tank. They have no tanks. Oh, no. <laughs> the rangers are tanks. Oh. They're using, yeah. they're, using they're, they're not uh, bow and arrow rangers. They're, uh, okay. they're uh, two weapon fighting rangers. Okay. Right. I don't, yeah. yeah. They're versatile. They're versatile, but it, that's also just a weird, a weird thing to say. It's a very yeah. weird bit of world building. Yeah, and then uh, 
they're like, okay, where should we go? And here's what they get told. Don't go to Waterdeep. It's too many people around, too many ways mm-hmm. to see you. Probably go to the Sword Coast North. Go to Silvery Moon. Go to the Unicorn Run. Okay, that is on page 266. Please. I want to go to the Unicorn Run. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's like the Grunion running in California, but Always even better. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen with you and make believe? <laughs> Have you ever seen The Last Unicorn? It's like the end of that, where they all come out of the ocean and just run up on the shore. I was thinking Robot Unicorn Attack. That classic. I don't know that. That classic, classic video game from Adult Swim. Oh, okay. You, oh. you play as a robot unicorn. It has an amazing soundtrack. Was I don't not have aware. any associations with unicorns. Oh, well, Nat, <laughs> let's well, move on. <laughs> Chrissy, please save me. Where else not to go? Mm-hmm. This bars you from anything north of the Moon Sea, from the Stonelands, Daggerdale, and Mithdranor. Okay, well, okay. Our old favorites, Daggerdale and Mithdranor, are getting mentioned again. Molemaster mm-hmm. 2 is an unfriendly place. And, of course, our Zental Keep. Okay, so we've got Molemaster for its second mention as a this is a problem, and mm-hmm. Zental Keep for its possibly fifth mention mm-hmm. as this is a problem. And then there's a bunch of... We're essentially getting a geography lesson. Yeah. A very bad one because there's not a map to reference, but we're getting... If a only ge- we yeah. had a cartography. We, um, we do. Oh, mm, <laughs> we do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm, cartography. Internal screaming. Um, so much rage. <laughs> <laughs> this is that moment in the campaign where you realize your whole party is just incredibly incompetent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we we cut away from that fascinating discourse on where should they spend their lives running to our old friend Fazul Chimbrel. <laughs> yeah, Fazul. Good old Fazul. Good old Fazul. We're back in Zental Keep. Mm-hmm. Bazool is of the opinion that Manshun is dead, and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of people talking about Elminster and Narm and Marimar the Magnificent gets uh, a mention. And there's just a whole bunch of, like, it's it's the bad guys having a... The bad guys having a conference about what to do about Spellfire. Mm-hmm. And essentially what they decide is that you know what we're gonna leave Spellfire alone and here's a beholder ah, there it is yeah good yeah good, good, sorry good. there's just a beholder yeah like, there's just see, a beholder just rolls up to this this meeting this this evil league of evil meeting and yeah the <laughs> evil league of, you know that's what that's what they are mm-hmm. and they just like one shot it right yeah because they're all evil and no they don't, don't one shot it they oh. they're like oh this is kind of scary there's a beholder and, uh, and oh, I'm sorry. They don't decide to leave. I was about to say that would yeah. leaving Spellfire alone right now sounds probably like the smartest thing. You Except can that do. they don't decide to do that. I forgot that uh, Sarthor, one of the guys there, is like, "Oh, okay. Well, I think we should. I should think we should go get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spellfire will be ours." And then. <laughs> now, with those cretins out of the way. It's time for me, the sound engineer, to reach out from the shadows and take over the podcast for all time. And we're back. Okay. Thank you, back. All right. So the Zentilar mm-hmm. are divided. Some of them want to go after Spellfire. Some of them don't. Fazul does. Some of the others don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
You might remember a couple of chapters ago when the High Imperceptor got all excited about Manchun not being in Zental Keep so they could go attack the traitor Fuzul, and he slipped some guys over a wall, and they're having a little bit of a melee below. Mm-hmm. And Fuzul leans out his window and says, I'm just going to cast a blade barrier down there randomly. Because mm-hmm. he's evil. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Sememen, seeing Fuzul leaning, leaning out a window, leans out his window and uses a ring of the ram to knock Fuzul's balcony out from under him. So Fuzul <laughs> falls down into the melee. Mm-hmm. And thus preventing uh, another Zentilar strike on Shadowdale to try to ob- obtain Spellfire. Blade Barrier, by the way, is one of my favorite spells of all time it, because it, of how absolutely ludicrous it is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous spell, but I love it. You create a vertical wall of whirling razor-sharp blades made of magical energy. It appears within range, and you can make it a wall up to 100 feet long, 20 feet high, and 5 feet thick of just magical blades. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what he did. <laughs> he, that's what he did. And so that was a nice scene that we had. Back in Central Keep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? It's Literally. like, hey, we're going to have, we have this discussion, we've decided to do a thing, and then, oh, something else happened, and uh, now that thing's not going to, we're not going to do it anyway. Can't. Okay. Can't do it anymore. Nope. Mm. But now, here we go. We cut back to Narm and Chandril, who are being spied on by Torm mm-hmm. and Elminster in the shape of a bird. And finding Elminster in the shape of a bird surprises Torm, who falls, and Elminster casts a web spell so that he doesn't die. Which worked a lot better for Elminster and Torm than it did for Spider-Man and Mm -hmm. Gwen Stacy. (laughs) Too soon. Well done. Too soon. All right. um, Bravo. Yeah, so it's a bunch of, it's it's a bunch more stuff in... uh, a bunch more stuff in Shadowdale. They go to go. Uh, they go to talk to Storm Silverhand. We find out that Storm is not only one of the Seven Sisters, but possibly the the buffest bard on the planet. As Shandril giggled, such muscles, she said admiringly, turning to point at the bard's flat tan midriff. Corded muscles rip, rip, rippled on her flanks and arms as she walked. Storm shook her head, and from that paragraph, were a thousand. <laughs> A thousand oh. ships launched. <laughs> Ooh. Ah, yeah. Good. But it's it's Storm good. now talking to Narm and Chandra about the Harpers. Oh, sorry. Can we just really. take a moment yeah. to um, internally scream a little bit at the fact that our good, good friend uh, Leo was like, <sighs> uh, I think it's very. Um, I think it's very complicated and infuriating that we have this moment of like it's Ed Greenwood writing, so it is male gaze. Yeah. Um, but it is being through the through the foci of Chandral um, that we have this moment of the male gaze and this like object of objectifying of a woman to a woman is this like cute, sexy moment that yeah. will be like stored in our minds for our spank banks later. And then, like, we have this, like, one character that is kind of coded as a queer, like, man, and he is a joke. And I, yeah, we're yeah. just, we're just going to rage. We're going to point it out. We're going to rage. <laughs> and we're going to continue. And we're going to yeah. keep going. So, like, to kind of, like, remove the, the academic sense that this is a man going through what he imagines a woman would be doing in this situation mm-hmm. and reacting and writing what his reaction would be. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Storm basically tells them what the Harpers are and what the Harpers do. Mm -hmm. And they go, that sounds pretty cool. And Storm's like, okay, let me give you a list of contacts. I'm going to write them on a Band-Aid, and we're going to make it look real crusty so nobody searches it. And it's like, oh, that's pretty good. Cool. I I guess it's a good little thing. And then they decide that they're going to go talk to the Temple of Timora Mm -hmm. uh, so that they can get married soon. Like within the next couple of days. Mm -hmm. Cut away from that. We cut to Malark spying on people. Malark has decided that he is not going to attack during the wedding ceremony because... That would be unfair. It would be... No, it would be dumb. Because mm-hmm. all like, your super-powered friends are in one spot together. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the OP people are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have warded the place from, you know, six ways from Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever. So he decides he's not going to do that. They cut to Torm and Rathen. Mm-hmm. I don't know, doing a thing. <laughs> like, they have a little bit of... They have a little bit of humor, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. It's not Tormund Ratham. It's n- it's Ratham. Narm and yeah. Ratham. Yeah. Narm. Narm. Yeah. Narm. Narm. You know, it's just my hope that when yeah. people listen to this, that they do that. Yeah. yeah every time they read spells. Yeah. yeah. Or in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or and in the tub. Yeah. You're just sitting on 495 yeah. in traffic in the evening and just Narm. <laughs> and we cut away from that to Shandrel, who has a quick scene with like the high priestess of Timora in Shadowdale. Mm-hmm. And then we cut away from that to the wedding. Yeah. That's a lot happening right now. Yeah, and then we we find that they are they're having the wedding, and somebody is in fact attacking the wedding. Mm-hmm. But we turn we turn them, I think, invisible, mm-hmm. and we give them a fly spell. At the very least, we give them a fly spell, mm-hmm. and they're told to go back to Elminster's Tower. And that's the end of chapter thirteen. And Woo! that is, of course, where we're going to stop for this extra long episode. You're welcome. Not really. Yeah, much longer. <laughs> Not really. How much? How much longer? We're was probably this like two, three minutes over. All right. Okay. Well, we're yeah. two, three minutes over because we got through chapter thirteen in a hurry because sweet fuck all happens in chapter thirteen. <laughs> yeah. It's a real kind of a wedding. Real, yeah. real juicy yeah. chapter. It yeah. was again. There we work up to a party. <laughs> we have some sort of con. We have a fight at the party. Small squabble. Yeah. Small squabble. Yeah. Did we lose somebody? No. No. Not this time. No, Don't didn't. pour well, one out may- for anyone maybe there. Fizool. Fizool. Maybe. Yeah. maybe Maybe. 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 We lost the balcony. We did we lose did the balcony. <laughs> yeah, that balcony pour is gone. Pour one out for the balcony. Please pour one out yeah. for the balcony. Um, All right. Pour one out for the two people who died in the last last episode, last chapters. That's right. Missed that one. Sorry. That's fine. And uh, pour one out, of course, for we who read this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Farrah. No, just drink yeah. Heavily. Drink heavily unless you're in the car. Unless you're and in the car. And then park your car and, then, and, and drink heavily. Maybe we'll do like a wrap up of the book episode. And oh, we we'll, will. We'll we'll go smashed. we'll go back and just be like, so here's the drinking game, guys. That's oh. actually that's going to be two episodes hence because in this next episode we're going to talk about chapters 14 and 15, and then mm-hmm. after that all that's left is ap- episode 16. So we'll or chapter 16. So we'll talk about that and then have a little bit of a wrap up. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with that in mind, it's time to say goodbye. Yeah. I've been Seth Alcorn. I'm Riley Bartlebaugh. I'm Patrick Donahue. I wasn't ready for this. I'm Naomi Collins. <laughs> and have a great day. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.